acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit that is in this place to touch lives, to change destinies, to alter trajectories of life. Father, we bless you. We honor you and we worship you today. Have this place. Have your way in our lives, Lord. This is our prayer. This is our prayer. In Acts chapter 26, verses 13, it says, At midday, O king, I saw in the way, in the way, a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and 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 then which and them which journeyed with me and when we were all fallen to the earth i heard a voice speaking to me saying in a hebrew tongue saul saul why persecutest thou me is it hard for you to kick against the pricks and i said who art thou lord and he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But arise and stand up to your feet. For I have appeared unto you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness. Both of things which thou hast seen. And those things which will appear unto you. Delivering thee, thee from the people and from the Gentiles whom I now send you to, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance amongst them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O as a sign of evening, Lord, minister to me this morning. Lord, minister to me this morning. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. With everything that is inside. We worship you. We bless your holy name.
the men sing a little louder, sing a little louder, ladies in the presence.
hope in him hallelujah we gotta believe that right now oh he's king of king and lord of lords amen and this is why this morning we're gonna stand strong on his word and because we know who we are and whose we are amen and this is why we make him war this morning oh come on put our hands together yes
the glory and all the honor. No matter what you face, don't stop.
don't stop praising his name. Let's go team. I can't stop. I can't stop. Hey. Come on. Praising his name. I just can't stop. Praising Jesus. Don't stop. Don't stop. I can't stop. Hey. I thank you, Jesus.
spiritual journey where we understand who God is that he is the reward of those that diligently seek after him amen we have to get to the place where what we sing becomes who we are and what we believe 
begins to transform our lives. Because until you have that encounter, all of this is just information. But when it begins to become revelation to you, when it begins to produce a change, a shift in your life, you understand when we sing Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Adonai, when you say Elohim, you're saying, Lord, you're the strong and you're the mighty one. You know, in Genesis 1, in Genesis 1 when it says, and God created, it says in the original text, it says Elohim created. What it says is that he's the strong and mighty one. He's the creator God. I do not know about you what your life has been up until this point. I may know a little bit, but I don't know everything. But I know when Elohim shows up, he has an ability to create a new future. He has an ability to create a new day. He has an ability to create a new outcome. He is a, has the ability to create a freshness in your life. And then we sing Jehovah Adonai. We, Adonai basically means Lord and Master. You get to the place where I say, Lord, I submit all that I am and all that I have to you. It's not my will, it's your will. Oh Lord, it is not my way, it is your way. It is not my thoughts, it is your thoughts. The Bible says my thoughts above your thoughts. He says my ways are above your ways. I want you to understand that there is more. You are just start scratching the surface of the potential that God has placed in your life till the moment you come to him and say, Adonai, when you come and say, Lord and Master, when you say, Lord, I submit to you, you begin to say, Lord, I am tr trusting you that when you created me, you said you fearfully and wonderfully made me. You said, you, Lord, you have poured into me all that is needed. And if, if there's anybody that knows me, you know me better than I know myself. And you, you, you know, the, 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 it's nothing that is created can go to the creator and say this and define what its full potential, what its full purpose is. Why do we try to do that as human beings? We, we, the Bible says we see but through a glass but dimly. But there comes a moment when we encounter God where we see face to face. I pray today that in your Christian walk, you would experience a deeper sense of who God is. And it transforms beyond singing and worship and, 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 and word. It transforms to a transformed life, a changed life, a changed destiny. Amen. So Father, won't you just lift your hands wherever you are right now. As we come into the house of the Lord, we say, Lord, you speak to us. Lord, you minister to us. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds. Father, we pray today that your sons and your daughters will get a glimpse of all that you have intended for their life. And from this moment forward, there will be a greater knowing. There will be a greater understanding. There will be a greater level of searching and knowing you. 
So Father, this move in this place. Move upon the lives of your people. Move upon their hearts. Touch, change, and deliver. Transform, Lord. We know that you can. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this house. I pray even as we get into your word this morning that the entrance of your word brings light and life. Speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. This we ask. We ask like Samuel did. We say, speak, Lord, for we your servants here. And everybody said, amen. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you. Amen. To our, wor our worship team, thank you. To our Sunday school, you may leave. Amen. Amen. We pray that you have a blessed time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's good to, to be back in the house of the Lord. It's good to see all of you that are here. Amen. 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 The Lord is a faithful God. Amen. He is a great God. Amen. And so we trust in God that there will be a greater experience, a greater encounter, a greater sense of knowing. Amen. 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 Everything we do must, sorry, everything we do must transform our lives. Go with me to Genesis chapter 41, sorry, my voice will come back. I was singing so loud. Amen, amen. There's okay, this needed some water. Amen. Amen. Like your car needs petrol. And your van needs diesel. Amen. <coughs> I just needed some water. Amen. We're in Genesis chapter 41, and I want to speak about being faithful to the heavenly vision. Amen. That means we read from Acts chapter 26 how Paul goes and speaks before King Agrippa and his testimony to King Agrippa was, I was not disobedient to the heavenly call over his life. We have to come to the place where we break out of disobedience and we walk in obedience to what God is saying. Now, for many of you that wasn't here on Wednesday night, I'd like to encourage you, do me a favor. I know there's, there's a large part of the, uh, of the recording, but you can go to the last 15 minutes of the recording. I want you to listen to it because it tells you a little bit about what I believe is going to be the future of this ministry and what God is going to do in this ministry. It's really a prophetic utterance. I... I, I can't repeat it if I, even if I tried. Amen. But I want you to understand there are some things that are very, very fundamental for where we're going to as a church. Amen. That means we know there is more that God has in store for us. But one of the things that I believe that God is calling us to, and I want to challenge us as a church, and you as an individual and as a family, be faithful to the heavenly vision that God has called you to. That means 
When God speaks, when he reveals a prophetic word, a prophetic utterance over your life, or God speaks to you through a dream, or he speaks through you to something that gives you a mandate, an assignment, a kingdom assignment, it is really to begin to move you towards fulfilling purpose. Without purpose, we are merely existing. Without direction, we are merely existing. Amen? That means we can sometimes think movement doesn't mean there's momentum. Amen? How many of you know when you're running, I can run like somebody else can run, but someone can be running a marathon and I can be running on the treadmill. There is movement, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the same spot. It's like what they say if you were part, you know, some people used to be part of drum majorettes and stuff. It used to be a thing before, okay, maybe our age. But, uh, but sometimes there is a thing even in the military term where they talk about mark time. There's movement. It's, it's a march. You are marching. You are fulfilling all of the requirements of marching, but you're marking time. That means you, you're basically staying on the same spot, but there's movement. Sometimes we mistake in movement that we are going somewhere, but we are not necessarily doing it. The assessment must be that something in our lives has to change. So I want to go with you, go with me to, to Genesis 41, because Paul speaks about something about being faithful to the heavenly call. But sometimes we have to understand that the call comes with some challenges. The call comes with some challenge, some obstacles. It comes with some things along our way because we've traditionally taught in church, if you are in the will of the Lord, there are no challenges. You have the peace of God. Have we taught that? We have taught that you are in the will of the Lord, then you have the peace of God. Right? The disciples were following the instructions of Jesus. They are crossing over the, the Sea of Tiberias, going on to the other side, and in the midst of their transition, they are met with a storm. Are they in the will of the Lord? Yes. But there's a storm. And this is not an ordinary storm. They're about to die in the storm. Are they in the will of the Lord? You see, because if you are going to interpret being in the will of the Lord as having peace all the time. You're going to be mistaken. We are encountering jo uh, Joseph at a stage in his journey where he's about to be promoted. But we want to understand that this is a Joseph that is now finding himself in the palace. the ultimate positioning for him to fulfill his kingdom assignment. But what produced it wasn't nice. 
What produced it was his brothers hating on him. What produced it was him being sold, put into a pit. What produced it was being sold as a slave. What produced it was he was bought as a slave into the house of Potiphar. What produced it was he's working for somebody else to fulfill their vision and bring success into the house. Potiphar's house succeeded immensely. The Bible says that Potiphar said his house was blessed because of Joseph. But in a moment of accusation, Potiphar forgot everything. He was accused. Life is never made of, of, of a singular event. Life is made up of multiple events that transform and change our lives. Not just a singular event. And we need to understand this because those multiple events are not all the time easy. And it's not all the time good. And it not all the time has the accounts that we wanted to have. But the amazing thing is about it that God is making something beautiful even out of the bad situations, out of the times you got it wrong, about the times that you failed. Because I like God that way. Because in my life, I didn't have it all together all the time. Sometimes even now. But the problem is we have made church for perfect people. Not people that are striving towards perfection. The Bible says we run this race not as if we've apprehended, but we are apprehending. The, the language is there saying is I'm pressing towards the mark. I haven't achieved it. How many of us sometimes have dreams for our little children and we say, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to do that or whatever. But we've got the vantage point of living some life. And sometimes we don't give them an opportunity to live. But we expect them to adopt a mindset that took you 30 years to develop at the age of three and four. The vantage, life, the vantage point of life is you're going to get to a certain point. But between point A and point D, there are a few obstacles. There are a few times where you're going to meet some people that won't be some, so good for you. You may meet some destiny killers. You may meet some people that don't like you just because of how you look. Just because of how you sound. Just because of what you know. But it doesn't alter the assignment. It doesn't alter your purpose. You see, Joseph had to go through these things. And the moment that becomes a defining moment, when he's standing before the Pharaoh of the day, He's not making excuses for what the journey held that brought him to this point. Hear me. Don't let the bitter experiences of life 
make you bitter. Don't make the wrong experiences of life make you, uh, make you regret your life. It was just moments and it was seasons and it was times and sometimes it, the moment may last for a while and the season may last for a year. But you know winter only lasts for three months. Summer's coming. No, we're freezing now. We put coat on everything. We complain it's cold. We bring the blanket. You watch. You watching TV. You got a goodry every year. For those that don't know what a goodry was, it was old people's saris, everything put in one thing, right? And it formed a blanket. Before we had comforters, and before you had all this duck goose and pillows and whatever Waverly blankets, they used to sew everything together to make a heavy bank. Yeah, you got Waverly blankets now and, you know, mink. You know, you need soft things to touch. You weren't using, you were using choir to have a bath. And onion sack to have a bath. Now you need a loofah. <laughs> Come on. We don't look like what we've been through. Huh? I used to make my elder sister angry here. You know, because I, I had three sisters, I thought I would get away with doing work in the house. They used to make me still do my job. And the one day, one Friday, I chose not to do my work. So my elder sister decided she's not going to feed me. She gave me dry bread and, and sugar water through the gate of the house and said, you can't come here till you polish the stoop. Amen. You don't look like always what you've been through. Huh? I mean, I went to, through Bible college for three years. I think it was a fasting experience. I learned how to fast, not be out of choice. I learned how to fast out of necessity. Huh? Nowadays, I don't eat beans. Because I used to eat beans three, four times a week. Amen. And I, I was a little bit like the prodigal son in my father's house. It's better. <laughs> I felt like a little bit like the pigsty. But some things in you had to break. Some things in you had to change. All of us have to go through those breaking moments. But we don't always look like what we've been through. Some of us have experienced loss. Some of us have experienced rejection. Some of us have experienced hurt. Some of us know what it is to be born into a home where you had everything and you lost it. And you know when it was to go through dark times, when you had to learn how to sell things in order to put a meal on the table. Life doesn't always remain the same. Sometimes some of us know what it is to to, to do things in your house, because not because you couldn't afford a helper, not because you couldn't afford buying and doing groceries, but you, you knew what it was to do anything in order to put a meal on the table. You knew what it was to go through embarrassing. Our children sometimes don't know what it takes to be in a workforce and to have work colleagues and have managers and have bosses that, 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 that totally disregarded you. That totally, that to 
treated you like you were dead, like you didn't really matter. People that cursed at you, people that, you know, they don't know it, but all of it produces something, a tenacity, an ability to live. But we come into Genesis 41, Joseph standing before Pharaoh, not making excuses for his journey. You see, there comes a moment. Pharaoh would not have received Joseph if Joseph came looking like what he'd been experiencing, what he was hurt from. Pharaoh would have said, I don't want your story. But the gift was produced through a furnace of afflictions. The gift that you carry will be produced through a furnace of afflictions. Amen. There are many of you here I've had the opportunity of, of, of engaging with over 20 odd years. Some of you even longer than that. And I know what, you, what you've been through is not what you look like. But we need to understand what it's going to produce in us. So it came. Let's go read. Amen. I'm, uh, I'm talking a little bit here, but let's go to, to Genesis chapter 41. And it came to pass at the end of two full years, Pharaoh dreamt, and behold, he stood by the river, and behold, there came out of the river seven well-favored, kind, fat-fleshed, and fed in the meadow. So he's talking about cattle that came out, right? The word kind refers to cattle. And behold, there came seven other kind, came up after them out of the river, ill-favored, lean-fleshed, and stood by the other king at the brink of the river. And the ill-favored, lean king did eat the seven well-favored kind. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and he dreamt the second time. And behold, there were seven ears of corn that came up on one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh woke up, awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent for the magicians of Egypt and the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spoke the butler to Pharaoh saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wrought with his servants, put me in a ward of the captains of the God's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was a young man, a Hebrew, servant of the God, the captain of the God, and was told to him, and he interpreted his dream for us, 
to each according to the dream that he interpreted. And it came to pass that as he interpreted it to us, it came, uh, sorry, and it came to pass what he interpreted. And me, I was restored to my office, and the other was hanged. Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and, they sh and, and he shaved himself, changed his raiment, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamt a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. I have heard they say that you can understand dreams and interpret it. Look at Joseph. Joseph answered and says, it is not me. God shall give Pharaoh the answer, an answer of peace. Sometimes we can make our gift about us. But Joseph chose not to make his gift about himself. He made his gift about God. Now, there are a few thoughts that is important in this in the scripture. The, the Pharaoh has a dream. He dreams there's seven fat cows. And then there's seven thin cows. And the seven thin cows eat the fat cows. This is an amazing thing, right? The fat cows were grazing in the field. There was enough to graze on. And they were by the water. So there was enough water. But the thin cows did not want the field. Nor the water. So that they could look like the fat cows. They wanted the fat cows. Huh. Yeah, me. There's something important here. When you expose your life to negative influences and to those things that are not spiritually a blessing toward you, it will not want what produced you. It wants you. The thin cows didn't want to eat what the fat cows ate to make it so well nourished. When you allow the wrong people and the wrong associations in your life, they do not want what has produced you. They want you. Because you are an immediate solution. What produced you is going to take time to produce in them. I, I, I hope you're hearing me. When you allow the enemy into your life, the enemy does not want to go through the process. There are some people that are around you that don't want to go through the process to produce what was produced in you. They want to get the immediate result. And look like you. And if it can consume you. It will look like you. But that is a perception. Because it doesn't have. Because what was produced in you. Has taken time. And it cannot be produced in them. 
without the process. There are many people that sometimes envy you for what you, have, what you are right now, but they haven't understood the process. And they think that if they get what you got, they will be able to sustain themselves. But they didn't understand the sustaining grace comes through the process. Don't be envious of people that have gotten to a certain point. Learn the journey. That's the secret for being sustained. Look at this. He gives him the whole dream. And, 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 and he's, he's, give, he's giving him the, the, the interpretation. And, and Joseph says the interpretation comes from the Lord. And, and, and the Lord is giving him this. And it says the lean and the ill-favored kind in verse 20 did eat the first of the seven fat king. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them because they were still ill-favored as it was in the beginning. Hear me? You think if I consume something that is bigger than me, I will get bigger. But you are still small after you consume something. Hey, you know, you know, there's some people that can eat, but they don't get fat. And then there are people like me that has to just look at it, and the stomach starts growing. Huh? Can? Hey, hey, I was saying to Annie the other day, I said to her, when she met me, I was a size 28. Sixty kilos of pure, lean, South African. But I could but I could eat. I mean, I said, I mean, we'll walk to the Chatsworth Center. I'll start off with an appetizer, a rounder. Have a nice rounder. Then go down to Mia's. You know Mia's takeaway? That used to be in the bottom because I had to digest the, 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 the KFC from the top to the bottom. And the KFC was a foundation. Get down to Mia's restaurant and get a quarter mutton bun. And, and within seconds, it was and it was no more. <laughs> and then after that, I will gradually make my movement. Ernest knows. Because I wasn't doing it alone, Ernest. We had, I had a cr crew. And we make our way over to Milky Lane on the other side of, of Chatsworth Center. And I'll get one of those big, awful, awful aces. Oh, they call it awful, awful because I think they put everything inside that thing. And I have it. And by the time I walk from there to 747, I'm hungry again. 
And I felt like how this, when I read the scripture, I said, that's what happened. <laughs> the thin ones ate the fat ones, and they still remain thin. I want you to understand today, some things try to consume other things to become what that thing is. You can't ingest something and it becomes who you are. It has to be developed in you. I'm here to say to you today, the seven lean ate the seven fat. It should have been the other way around. But this is what was happening. The, the, the second one was the same happened with the ears of corn. The thin ate up the sick. That's a strange thing. I could understand animals eating animals. But when vegetation start eating vegetation, it's like the vegans eating carrots. Vegetation eating... Isn't it true? You're all quiet. I'm not saying to you to become a vegan. I'm just saying, isn't this a strange thing, right? But the strange thing is when corn eats corn. And the whole picture was, the picture that he was getting was there's coming seven lean years, seven years of famine. And the seven years of famine is going to eat the years of plenty. In your life, in the season of plenty, understand that it doesn't remain harvest time all the time. There's going to come a season of sowing. And the longer the season of sowing, the greater the harvest. But sometimes, that's why the Bible says, though you sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. Don't be too excited about Flash growth. Instantaneous growth. Trust God for sustaining growth. That it won't just be for a season, but it will last you a lifetime. But the, the strategy is, in the years of plenty, store up for the years of lack. Amen? Now this is what happens. Joseph comes before Pharaoh. He gives him the interpretation of the dream. He gives him a strategy. Right? But there comes a blessing over him. Amen? In, in, in verse 32, and for the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing that has been established by God God will shortly bring it to pass. So the idea was, he was saying to him, what was going to happen? Because God doubled the experience. It's almost like God saying, verily, verily. When God says, says to you something twice, you need to know it's going to happen immediately. It's a caution. Saul, Saul. If we call your name twice, you know, it's like when, 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 your, when your mother calls you by your full name. Joash, Lee, Dyker, you know, finished. She's not calling you son, she's not calling you baby, she's not calling you nothing. Call you by your full name. Huh? Kyle, 
மாவன் நீங்களும் but the solution for the dream he says now therefore look look out for a man discreet and wise set him over the the land of egypt let pharaoh do this let him appoint officers over the land and take up a fifth part of the land of egypt in the year in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food those good years that will come and lay up the corn under the hand of pharaoh and let them keep the food in the cities and the food shall be a store for the land against the seven years of famine and it shall be in the, in the land of egypt that the land will land perish not through the famine i'm here to say to you in the years of plenty in the months of plenty keep for the lean times don't eat everything amen you got to learn and look at it he says take a fifth it's almost he's saying you should be able to save 20% that's what it's translating to amen there's a kingdom strategy out of your income every month you should be saving Economists and financial advisors say to you you should have at least 3 to 6 months salary in reserve how many of you have it i, I mine is any's account <laughs> but what am i saying to you you got to learn how to take care of the lean years the years when this is a strategy for surviving the famine for all of you that are building that's the strategy how you build how do you build financially you start to have something and look at it he tells him go and find somebody that has that ability to do this and pharaoh said to joseph for as much as god has showed you all this there is none so discreet and wise as you are you shall be over my house look at it he didn't tell him over just egypt he says you shall be over my house there is for some of you god is going to begin to promote you god is going to enlarge you god is going to establish you and this is how god is going to do it he's going to put you over the house of pharaoh you shall be over my house and according to your word shall my people be ruled look at it he didn't say according to my word You know what's a wise leader when they understand that somebody has a strategy let them work the strategy it didn't take away from pharaoh that joseph was working the strategy don't be threatened by other people work the strategy because both of you are going to survive the famine 
Amen. For some of us, look at how it will translate. And, and he says, you shall be over that. And it says, and only the throne, only in the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his finger and he put it in Joseph's hand. And he arrayed him with vestments, with vestures of fine linen, put a gold chain on his neck. And he made him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And they made him a ruler over Egypt. They didn't care whether he was Hebrew or Egyptian. When you have a strategy, no one cares about your race, your gender, your financial background. When you have a solution, it rises you above everything else. May the Lord give you creative ideas, witty inventions, that places you before kings and promotes you instantaneously. It may have taken the journey to get there. But when you get there, look like you've always belonged. Yeah. You know when they say when you get to a certain place, act like you always belong. Don't act like this. You know, like, like the first time you go to a buffet. Act like you belong. Like the, you always eat like this. Don't put the curry and the rice and the meat and the eclairs all on the same plate. Because it's a buffet, you can go back again. And they'll give you a clean plate like you didn't start before. Because between your table and the buffet, they don't know you. Isn't it? Even if you ate 10 prawns, don't let them find you again there. <laughs> and if you had the stuff right and you don't say, I'm going to eat my money's worth, act like you belong, like you're coming back tomorrow. Come on. Come on, people. It, it, it may seem like a simple thing, but it's, the reality is that many of us sometimes allow the baggage that we carry to affect when we are placed in certain places of prominence. We do not know how to act. And therefore, we do not keep ourselves in that place because all of a sudden they know, oh, you, Jesus, this one just came first there. <laughs> you, know, you, you know when you go to a buffet, you know people that normally they don't do the same. Hey. Amen? Act like you belong. Know that it's your father that has created a feast for you. And it's not going to run dry. It's going to be a sustaining grace. When you get into that job interview, act like you were there before. May have been the first time. May the Lord give you a strategy that makes you sought after. May God bless you. I'm not talking about just in the kingdom, but I'm talking about in the marketplace. The places that you go, may you be an influencer. May you be positioned for kingdom advancement. May you be positioned to be a kingdom ambassador in that place. And the people know what you carry. 
And people are drawn to you because of what you bring to the table. Don't be the kind of employee that says, I'm here to do a job. It's not in my job description. I'll do it the minimum amount. I will do just enough to get by. Just give me the job because I deserve it. You don't deserve nothing. You, 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 when you come there, make sure your presence is known and felt. That when you're not there, they say, hey, I'm not making money. Bring that fellow back here. They mustn't say good riddance. Amen. May the anointing of God bring you and promote you and establish you. Some of you, even in work, you are underestimated. But I say to you today, God has produced a solution in you. That is going to be a solution that will be a preserving anointing. Remember what I spoke about yesterday? It's a preserving anointing. After a while, they're going to say, our house is blessed. Our business is blessed because of you. May wherever you go, people rise up and call you blessed. May your children be able to contend at the gates of the city. May you see the blessing. I believe this is going to be the blessing of this house. We're going to raise up a generation of people, market-leading changes. That they, when, when they say, hey, this, that person belongs to this church because they, they see something in them and they understand the house where they come from because something, they've been through the process that has produced something greater in them. I'm here to say to you there's greatness that is inside of you. All you got to do is just begin to allow it to emerge. Be be patient. Be understand it. Don't stop. Don't stop thinking that other people. Stop speaking bad about other people because you don't have. Celebrate other people. The moment you learn how to celebrate others, others will celebrate you. Look at it. When the people were bowing, they didn't come and say, "Is this a Jew? Is this a Hebrew?" Is this an Egyptian? They said, no. He carried something that was for our preservation. I'm here to say to you in South Africa, you're not going to excel just because of the race group. That's a lie. I'll tell you why. Because that lie was birthed a long time by slave owners. And it's a lie that manipulates political systems today. It was birthed by evil men. I'm here to say to you today, when God says he's coming back, he's coming back for a glorious church. He's coming back for a successful church. He's coming back for a victorious church. And I'm here to say to you, wherever you are planted, blossom, be fruitful. But you cannot experience any breakthrough if you got an escape hatch. If you're looking at escaping, don't expect to flourish where you're trying to escape from. Joseph was not trying to run out of the prison. They came looking for him. Oil came looking for him. Promotion came looking for him. I'm saying to you, you're going to be headhunted. You're going to become sought after. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Favor is coming over your life. You didn't ask for it. Favor is coming for us for the nations. I believe it. We didn't have to go answer. 
We don't have to go and develop it. It will already be there. The infrastructure will be there. Let's just bow our heads together. It all starts with the one thing. Be faithful to the heavenly vision. Everything else will line up. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Even what people have not captured by thought. Let them be captured even in their spirits. Long after the sermon is over. Holy Spirit, bring to their remembrance. That which has been shared and spoken today. That they would understand. That they've been born for this season. They've been born with solutions for this season. They've been born for man, with mandates for this season. And they've been born to measure and bring great success. So we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the lives. We thank you for our children. We thank you from young to old. Let them experience the divine favor of the Lord. May we walk in the favor of the Lord. May we walk. We declare that our hands are blessed. Whatever we touch will be blessed. Our feet are blessed. Wherever we step, environments shift and change. Our head is blessed with creative ideas, witty inventions, divine discernment, even in this season. I pray today, all of us is blessed. And anything that is associated with us will experience the overflow of the blessings of the Lord upon us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, 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 amen. Bless the Lord. Let's just stand together.